to the Work Wonders podcast, brought to you by Asta HR, where we simplify the human side of business. I'm Angela. And I'm Susan. Let's dive into today's episode and find out what you've been wondering about. Welcome to season four of the Work Wonders podcast. We're so glad to be back with you. And as we always do, we reserve our first episode of a new season to answer any questions that you'd submitted to us in the show. The questions we have today are around probation, hiring new staff, staff working remotely, and also ending employment. We're so glad to be back. Let's get started. This is the Work Wonders Podcast. Hi, Susan. We're back for season four. Isn't it great to be back in the studio yet again? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And our first episode, like always, we're going to kick off with a question and answer style episode. Yeah, and we've got some great questions that have come in. Yeah. I've got one for you to start off with. Since you're the payroll (laughs) diva. Go for it. Um, What if someone resigns while they're actually doing higher duties? Mm, That's an interesting one, isn't it? So let's imagine you've got an employee that has been doing really well and you need them to act up in a certain capacity You say, look, for the next three months, so-and-so is going to be away. Can you act in their role and I'll pay you a little bit of an allowance for that? So in that scenario, they're getting a little bit more than they normally would for doing those extra roles. Now, if they go ahead and resign in that time Mm -hmm. and you finish up and pay them in that time, Mm -hmm. yes, you would need to still continuing to pay them that allowance. So that means in their final payment, it will be paid out at that higher rate? Assuming that's when they finish, yeah. If, yeah. if for example, the higher duties ended a week before they actually finished up with you in okay. terms of their entire employment. Because then they'd be back in their, yeah. their role. Yeah, absolutely. Role. Yeah. Um, but if it was the case, yep, yeah, they were, you know, meant to do, th- to do three months, but they've actually resigned, so they're going to finish in four weeks' time, then yeah, you'd, you'd need to pay them that allowance up until their last day. So I'm guessing from what you're saying that this is a situation that um, we will often encounter and often talk about where you need to write things down. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great reminder to make sure you write down these sorts of little nuances, whether Mm. you're varying, varying, sorry, varying someone's contract. Yeah. Um, So absolutely write it down, jot down what it's for, what you're going to pay them, and don't forget a start and end date. Start and end date. Very important. And they need to know that as well. Yes. So give them a copy and keep one for yourself and all that sort of thing. And then that way you know where the goalposts are. Yeah, that's right. And hopefully it doesn't happen to you. Yes. (laughs) But keep in mind you're not paying any sort of additional higher rate on, you know, when you go to calculate unused annual leave, for example. Yeah. It's just that additional allowance they're entitled to up until their last day. Right. Okay. So um, similar, another question about people. Leaving. Yes. <laughs> or in this case, <laughs> taking leave. Yeah. So this question is about can if someone's on probation, so yep. I start a new employee, they're still in a probation period, are they able to take leave during probation? Oh, that's a common one. I've heard that a bit with especially small businesses that will say, oh, I don't let people take leave in their first three months. That's right. not fair. Okay. <laughs> um, but so is it happens. three months or six months? Well, it's up to you. It's what you've agreed in the yeah. contract, right? So they want to take leave. Mm. What leave are they going to get? Well, they are entitled to the full scope of leave entitlements as per the National Employment Standards mm-hmm. right from day one. So if they're casual, 
that might be nothing <laughs> except for maybe the True. family and domestic violence leave. Yeah. Um, but if they're part-time and, and full-time, they'll certainly be entitled to starting to accrue annual leave and sick leave and all the rest of them so they can take it. Interestingly, probation isn't in legislation anywhere. There's nothing in the Fair Work Act or an award that says probation is X amount of months and all these sorts of mm-hmm. things. It's up to you as the employer to negotiate that with your employee and, again, have it in their contract. Yeah. And uh, keep in mind the family and domestic violence leave on all accounts is up front, so that starts from 10 days right from day one. That's right. So everyone's entitled to those 10 days. Immediately they start yeah. work. We did do a whole episode talking about family and domestic violence leave, if I remember. Uh, Yes, we did. In Season 3, Episode 2. So if you want to go back and check out that episode, you'll find out more. So if you have some catching up to do, go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. Well, one for you, Susan. Uh Uh-oh. We've got someone here that's about to hire their first employee. How can a business owner trust to get someone else to do the work like they would do. You know, that feeling of like, oh, I've always been the one that's doing it. Now I've got to get someone else to do it. Oh, Are yeah. they going to do a good job? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've all been there, haven't we? Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we've observed others who've gone through this. And um, we did talk about delegation and the art of delegation way back in Series 1, mm-hmm. Episode 13. And what often people get tied up on is, oh, it's easier for me to do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. So the worst thing you can do is hire someone to do a job because you believe they've got the skills and experience to do that job and then not give them the work that you intended to do. (laughs) So um, keep an eye out for that tendency because sometimes, yeah, we do think it's easier to do it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. 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 Meanwhile, your new employee's thinking, when are they going to give me that? particular task that I thought I was hired yeah. to do. So how can you trust them? Well, ideally, you've gone through a recruitment process where you were very clear about what you needed for someone to do that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might not do it exactly the same as you would do it. Mm, that's a bit scary, isn't it? <laughs> it can be great, can't it, too? It can be. What if they do it better? Mm. Uh, that can happen. And ideally, that's why you hired them. You know, there's, That's right. That's the art of managing, isn't it, really? And leadership is to bring in people who have the skills that you don't. Yeah. So you're conducting the orchestra and not playing in it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. When it's your first employee, understandably, it's pretty scary. Yeah. So we have provided a lot of information in this podcast and various downloads and there's stuff on our website about that. And obviously, you know, we can provide you with support on how to go through that. One of the earlier episodes too is about onboarding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was um, season two, episode two. That was the one. So maybe have a listen to that as well to make sure that once you've brought someone on board, you're taking them through or once you've made the decision to bring someone on board, you're taking them through a process. So it gives them an opportunity to get to know the business better. And for you to get to know them and their skills. Is there anything else you can think of in terms of being able to trust that first employee to do the job? The only other thing that comes to mind is aligning it with values. So you talk there about Mm. when you're recruiting them um, to make sure that they've got what you need for them to do what you need them to do, Mm. Um, but also aligning them to your values of your business. So 
if you've got someone that doesn't really care too much for answering the phone, <laughs> that customer service customer is important to you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's not the right match, you know. Yeah. So bringing that along in your recruitment process and into all parts of employment, really. Yeah. We hope you're enjoying the Work Wonders podcast because we started it for people just like you. We're here to answer questions that you might have about employing people every step of the way through before you start looking to when they need to leave. You could submit a question for the podcast via our website. Just go to the podcast page at astrahr.com.au. We look forward to seeing what questions you're going to ask. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, Susan. Um, so imagining here that we've got staff working remotely, that's not too hard to imagine nowadays, is it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, this particular person, they've got this scenario of someone being sick whilst they're working remotely, but this particular staff member feels the tendency to just work through because they're already there near the computer, it's at home, look, it's just a sniffle, I can get through and work my day. And this person's saying, should I ask them to take a sick day or should I let them work? Yeah, that is is such a tricky question, um, depending on so many variables, mm. really. Yeah. So it's going to depend on, A, the sort of work they're doing. Yes. Um, you know, if they have got a sniffle or a cough, you don't want them talking to clients, for example. Yeah. If you really think that they can be productive, you know, we have so often now the situation, well, many of our listeners will remember back in the day, you came to the office when you had a cold or yeah. flu or whatever. They do. Yeah, you took your codril and <laughs> sold your never out about that. Exactly. And you just you just kept going and yeah. now we realise that that's probably not good for the workplace or good for the individual. Mm. But if you have someone who's highly motivated, you know they can get the work done even though they're feeling a bit off and you don't want them in the office, then I don't see any problem with that happening. Mm. However, the best thing to do, this is going to be a theme all the way through this, is write it down. Like yeah. Have a policy. Yeah. Try and be consistent. So, you know, what's your policy going to be? Yeah, get ahead of the issue. Exactly. And communicating with your staff as well. So if you're regularly talking to them, this sort of thing won't escape you. If you're regularly having check-ins every day with someone that works remotely um, or just talking to them throughout their day with the natural course of their work, you'll have that opportunity then to be able to speak to them and go, oh, you're not feeling well. Okay. Or, yeah. or they'll raise it with you, hopefully. Yeah. And and you can say, you know, you can navigate that with them is what I'm getting at. So you could talk through those concerns and say, do you feel like you can still get things done or should we just do a half day? Can we modify things? Mm. Or is it a case of, you know what, the temptation might be there to just turn the computer on if it's just in the other room, but take it, take the day off. You need the, the time need the to, time to well. recover. Yeah. And I think that's good advice. A lot of it comes down to the culture that you want to have as well. Mm. So you want people to feel that they can take time off to get well yeah, and not that they're expected to work. Yeah. I think now we've that far down the road post-COVID lockdowns mm. um, that we all know full well how to work from home. But I think we're we're so far past enjoying the flexibility of it and all that sort of newness of it for some of us. <laughs> that now we are experiencing that, oh, goodness, work never goes away. And we <laughs> Well, know, that's right. It's always there. So there's a real skill to being able to work from home. 
um, in the truest sense of the word, you know, and being able to… And be able to switch off when yeah, you need to. Yeah. yeah, so I think as an employer we now need to not just allow those flexible things and adapt to a new way of working but also support our employees in that space and giving them skills to be able to do that. Exactly, help them get the balance that they need to have a healthy life because, yeah. you know, their well-being, we're in many ways as employers dependent on that. Yeah. All right, Susan, we've got another one here. It's sort of a scenario. This particular listener has told us that they've just been uh, recruiting and their preferred candidate, they've gone all the way to the end, you know, wanted to offer to someone and their preferred candidate has just been offered more money by their existing employer to stay in their job. And their question is, should I make a counter offer? Okay, good question. Um, Partly, I think it depends on where you are in the process and how committed you are to having that person. But there's a few cautions that I'd put in place about that. The first one being if money is their prime motivator, you could be walking into a bit of a trap. You could find that you're then constantly getting pushed to pay them more. So if you really do feel like you want that person and you want them on board and you're willing to pay the extra to have them, then I'd say let's put some... Um, guidelines around what that looks like. Mm. Uh, one suggestion would be that you say to them, "We'll come on board at that rate that was previously discussed, and then when you we've had a successful probation period, then let's reassess." Mm. And you know, there's the option open to pay you more after that at that time. Mm. Mm, okay, you might need to get a no, but anyway, this is <laughs> this is my suggestion. The other thing would be to just agree to pay that rate but then fix it for, you know, say two years or something. Yeah, because do you think there's a likelihood with this sort of candidate that you might, like you said there, keep getting pushed to pay more? Yeah, or they'll do the same to you as they've just done to their existing employer. So, you know, they'll go looking for more more money elsewhere Mm. even after they start with you. So you need to be really clear about the other benefits that you're offering and, you know, just sussing out whether they're also motivating to them, for example, you know, flexible work or more of a say in how they do what they do in um, a more collaborative workplace than where they are now. Things like that that you offer that, you know, along with the higher money. Yeah, I always feel that that's a a risky situation. We know the stats show that people who are businesses that make the counter offer to keep someone on board, so this is their employer one, not you, yeah, that person is going to be gone anyway. Uh, You know, in a high percentage of cases, they're they're still going to keep looking for the money. Yeah. So if you pay that extra money to bring them on board that you weren't intending, you need to know that you can afford that in the long run. Yes. You can afford increases in the long run. Yes. And be prepared for them to want you to make an even higher offer when they find another job with Ooh, a yes, higher Yes, that's a good point. Higher yeah. pay. They could come back to you and do the same thing, go, yeah. keep me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So beware, I guess. Ooh, that's be very cautious. One. I have a sort of similar scenario oh, um, yeah. when we worked with a client recently. And, you know, recruitment's so tough at the moment. And they were um, just about to offer to someone who was their, let's say, first choice. Mm-hmm. And that person ended up saying, oh, look, it's actually not, not quite enough money. I want to negotiate higher. You know, our client was in a position where they couldn't do that. And so yeah. it was, no, I'm sorry, that's what it is. So they had to then go to their 
Oh dear, second choice, let's call it that. Well, <laughs> the, the secondary candidate and say, look, you know, it was also someone who they're quite happy with after interview and offer the role to them. And so I guess they were filling with question, filled with questions then of like, well, what could I have done differently? Um, you know, we missed out on this great person and it was only just because of that. So in that scenario, I think the sort of things that I would say to someone is be really clear and open about salary or wages, whatever you want mm. to say. We know now that there's no such thing as pay secrecy, that that's been abolished. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing wrong with putting it in your advertisements and being really open about it before you actually get to that interview stage to talk with someone about it if you're doing some sort of telephone interview or qualifying yeah. sort of Oh, my goodness, that can save you so much time, can't Absolutely. But mind you, there's no guarantee that that's going to work. No. <laughs> Recently <laughs> I had this situation where we'd advertised a, a role and put the money as including super uh-huh. and a candidate, who, and this is for an HR-type role, okay. um, misread it and saw that it would be super on top of that. So quite a different thing. Yeah. So it doesn't matter often what you put in the ad. Well, obviously it matters in terms of who's going to apply and who isn't going to apply. But it's about having those conversations as well. Doing your phone screening and not wasting time because people have misunderstood and applied for something that they're they're not really willing to do. Especially in those scenarios if you are someone who has a really tight budget and you can't offer more mm. than the range that you've said you could, if that's you, then it, there's no sense not bringing it up because it's not. It's just going to waste your time. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I've come across employers who think uh, back in the day, you know, we won't advertise what we're paying because we oh, know yeah. we can't pay you know, very high. And then they get swamped with candidates yeah. and you know, half or more of those are unsuitable because yeah. they had assumed that the money was going to be better. Well, it's like advertising a role and not saying how many hours it would be. It's kind of flying in the dark, isn't yeah. it? You know, you know, if it's something that's so finite for you, being upfront about it is helpful because with the cost of living and everything rising, mm-hmm. it's an important factor for people when they're taking on a new job. Exactly. And so um, it's worth talking about and just being upfront with it. Yes, some candidates will try and put their best foot forward and just go, sure, 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 that's fine. You know, and so you just want to drill down and see, you know, this is really firm for us and so we need to be sure that that meets your expectations and what you're looking for. It's so important to stop wasting time and not go into that mutual mystification (laughs) where, you know, you both think you sort of know. As you said, be upfront and open about it. If you can't afford it, you can't afford it. But you probably offer other things like close to home, flexible hours. Yeah, absolutely celebrate all those things. So we hope you've enjoyed today's episode and we've answered some of your questions. Thank you so much for sending them in. Yeah, as you know, that's one of the reasons we started the Work Wonders podcast because we get so many questions um, in our day-to-day work that we thought, well, yeah, why not use this to to share those because there's probably other people out there wondering about those things as well. Remember to check out those other episodes that we mentioned for more information and we look forward to bringing you more on these sort of topics and more throughout the rest of the season. Thanks for listening to the Work Wonders podcast brought to you by Asta HR. Hit the subscribe button now to never miss an episode. And if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, you can find us over at astahr.com.au. See you in the next episode. Thank you.